to Joshua chapter number 24. Joshua chapter number 24. As you're turning there this morning, you might flip a couple other pages over and you will find Judges chapter 2 and put your finger there. We're going to read in both of these passages of Scripture this morning. And I'm just going to do my best to obey the Lord. Turn to your neighbor real quick and tell them, say, I'm glad you shouted. Now, turn back to your neighbor and tell them, say, pastor's not mad. But you're probably not going to shout me down this morning, so it's good you got your shout out already, all right? So, but uh, we're going to go on a journey this morning. And I've tried for three days not to preach this thing, but I always lose and he always wins. So here we go. So, and, uh, but uh, I'm going to do my best uh, for a few moments uh, to share what I really do believe the Lord is speaking to us today and wants us to hear. So in Joshua chapter number 24, beginning in verse number 14, I'm going to read through verse number 18. And then we will turn to Judges chapter 2, beginning in verse number 7. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that was on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell." But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Tell your neighbors, say, I don't care what you do. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did these great signs in our sight and preserved us and all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Judges chapter number 2, getting in verse number 7. says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, been 110 years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance. In verse number 10, And also all the generations were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel." And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. 
And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, uh, the hand of the Lord was against them from evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them, and they turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I thank you that we can come to your house and experience your presence. But also, Father, I thank you that we can come and hear and be challenged. And Lord, today I pray that you would anoint and you would accomplish that which needs to be accomplished in this room today. And by those that are watching us by way of internet, I pray that you would minister to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. I understand it's 1128, and I understand that I've got a lot to say and a short time to get there. So you listen fast, I'll talk fast, and we'll get it accomplished, all right? But I'm not going to go so fast that we miss what God wants to say to us today. If the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to talk to you and preach for a few moments on a call that demands a response. A call to repentance and the unessential church. If something is essential, it is described as being absolutely necessary, extremely important. We have just walked through and are still currently walking through a time when men and governments are discussing that which is essential. To the shock of many within our nation, we have heard a declaration by many that the church is no longer essential. It infuriated some tens of thousands of professing Christians across our nation. It infuriated them so much that tens of thousands of them just decided to willingly stay home for the last two years, further proving the point of those that had already come to the conclusion that we are no longer necessary. I am going to go on record this morning, and I'm going to tell you that what they're saying concerning the church world in its current condition is absolutely true. We are not essential. Now, don't turn me off right now. Because I'm not talking about the remnant, the blood-bought church. But what I'm talking about is the church world. The church has become so passive in its commission 
that has been rocked to sleep by the cares of this world and we've been deceived by the devices of the enemy. Our adversary has had his way with us. Paul gives us a word of warning as well as direction concerning who we are to be. And I think it's important that we revisit it just for a moment. In Romans chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 9 through verse number 14, Paul's writing, he says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, for love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. But notice he says, And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotous and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strive and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. But Paul did not just deal with this at one time or one occasion, but if when he begins to address the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 34, once again we see Paul write these words, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame saying, listen, you're doing all that you say you're supposed to do, but you're not doing what you're called to do in the manner that God's called it. And he said, it is a shame because of the fact that there is some that still don't know who he is. Uh, Can I say to you this morning, it is when we awaken to righteousness uh, that that is when we become essential. He did not stop there, however, when he was writing to the church at Ephesus uh, in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 14 and the following. He says once again, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, uh, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Then he goes on to say, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I pause just for a moment this morning and I ask all of us a question. And that is this, how essential are we? We are not the first generation to be faced uh, with this reality where we have to stop and ask ourselves this question. But in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter number 3, we find that there is seven churches that is mentioned. We find that two of these seven, uh, they were simply encouraged while the other five was called to self-examine. But all seven of them was, was attacked from things outside. And we find that, let me visit them very quickly. Uh, we find that Ephesus, uh, 
we find that it was accused of abandoning its first love for Christ and his teaching. While praised for its deeds, its hard work, and its perseverance, uh, it was called to repentance due to the decision to forsake its love that it had for Christ and his word. Samaria, we find it remained faithful even though outside influence continually brought persecution against it. Uh, But God commends it for, for standing steadfast in the midst of spiritual uh, difficulty. Uh, It was lied on. It was slandered. It was uh, poor by the world's standards uh, because of all of the opposition that it was experiencing. Uh, But God simply took a moment and said, let me remind you uh, that for those that will remain faithful, uh, there is called a victor's crown uh, for you. Uh, And we find that then you go to Pergamos. We find that it was with because uh, it compromised its beliefs uh, and it gave room to false doctrine. Uh, While some stayed true, others fell into sin uh, by embracing the following uh, false teachings that brought uh, religious and moral compromise. Uh, They were called to repent or to face judgment. Uh, You find when you get a little further in chapter number two, uh, you find there's a church, Thyatira. It was followed uh, by, it followed false prophets, which led it to committing idolatry uh, and immorality. Uh, While they found themselves in a wealthy commercial city uh, and were faithful in their service, uh, they were in danger uh, because uh, of the simple fact that they began to embrace falsehood uh, instead of the truths of God's word. Uh, We then transition to Sardis Uh, in chapter number 3 verse number 1 through verse number 6 they were spiritually dead uh, while they had an appearance uh, of life Uh, while they positioned uh, in an area they had suffered surprise attacks uh, in the natural the word of the Lord came to them in a manner they could understand and said this uh, wake up and repent uh, unless I come and find you in your sin and slumber in in a surprise manner like you've experienced in the natural. Uh, But then you find in Philadelphia, uh, they patiently endured uh, even though there was a spirit of weakness that kept continually uh, trying to get them to waver in their faith. Uh, But they received encouragement uh, to hold on till the end uh, even though they felt like they had nothing. Uh, But then you transition to the Laodicean church. Uh, It was lukewarm in faith uh, was deceived to believe that they were in need of nothing uh, because of their abundance that they had naturally. Uh, But little did they know, my friend, uh, that they was in danger of being spewed out by the mouth of God uh, because of their current condition. Uh, In the eyes of God, uh, they was wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Uh, Its economic success uh, had caused it to become spiritually bankrupt which led uh, it to be called a to a place uh, of repentance. Uh, all seven of these churches was attacked by outside forces, uh, but due to their decisions, uh, the majority of them uh, lost their way. Uh, if I take you back to Joshua chapter 24, uh, Joshua, who was leading, uh, he began to see a nation begin to go wayward. Uh, he began to see them embrace things that was not of God, uh, and he simply 
said, I know that I'm coming to the end of my road, but I've got to make sure that I don't let this thing die with me. I've got to make sure that a generation understands how important it is that they remain essential. And that's why he calls them and says, listen, you've got to make a choice of who you're going to be. We are not exempt from this same type of outside interference in the year 2022. We, like them, I am afraid, have lost our way and our sense of being in some places. Their decision this morning uh, that led them to a place where they no longer were essential uh, in their respected places uh, is some of the same decisions that we see people making today. Uh, The truth of the matter this morning is simply this, uh, that the world has adopted our programs uh, and is now fulfilling our role when it comes to meeting uh, the natural needs of men and women in our communities. Uh, Big government has taken the place of the church uh, much by design uh, so that they could say that we are not essential. Uh, We, the church in America, are never present uh, unless there is a disaster. Uh, And then we become present for seven days or ten days. uh, And then we bring our trailers back home, put them back in the garage, uh, and then we wait for another disaster. Uh, But can I tell you, every day somebody's dying and going to hell. Uh, Every day somebody's shooting up, snoring up. Uh, Every day somebody thinks this is the last day I can handle. Uh, Listen, uh, I got to tell you, uh, it's not a disaster that you see, uh, but it's an undercurrent of demonic uh, interference uh, that we must awaken to this morning. Uh, I'm not waiting for the next storm. Uh, We're living in a storm. Uh, We've got to be essential today, uh, not tomorrow. But yet we find ourselves all the while slumbering and sleeping. We are filled with apathy and lukewarmness. We are moved, unmoved by countless lives been lost every day to the demonic trickery of the enemy. We are unmoved by the assault on our children in the classroom across our nation. We continue to sit silent while our legislators present and vote into law ungodly pieces of legislation that continues to destroy the structure that God created for family. Can I tell you, every 26 seconds, uh, another family is torn in shreds by divorce. Uh, We witness evil, and yet we say nothing, while the enemy continues to take more and more territory. Uh, As I'm speaking to you this morning, uh, there is legislation uh, on the table in Maryland, uh, as well as California, uh, that has been presented uh, that they're desiring to bring into law uh, that would allow a child to be slaughtered 28 days after it was born. Uh, Listen, they're not satisfied now within the womb uh, even though we've slaughtered over 60 million. uh, But now uh, we're wanting to rip them from the arms of mamas and daddies uh, when they're a month old. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, there's got to be an outcry uh, in this nation. Uh, But this morning uh, we don't hear anything. Uh, This morning uh, we hear no outcry from the church. 
church. We're just going to sing a song, take an offering, give you three points and go home and we'll see you next Sunday. God forgive us. While we're doing this stupidity, can I tell you, every 11 minutes, somebody loses their life because of suicide and countless others try and fail. Can I tell you, between the ages of 10 and 14, as well as the ages 25 and 34, second leading cause of death is suicide. But yet we sit and we play pat a cake with the devil. For we are still sleeping in our comfort and our selfishness. Heaven forbid we respond to evil or cry aloud and stand for truth. Can I tell you, you say, is it really that bad, Pastor? Can I tell you, in the year 2020, we had 78,056 deaths by drug overdose. But in 2021, it jumped 28.5% and it was 100,306. And what did we do? We went to church, sung a song, listened to a preacher, and thought that's all we needed to do. Can I tell you this morning, I knew you wouldn't shout me down, but it's all right. I got to tell you it's time to awaken and it's time to repent. I got to go on record this morning and tell you, and you can fall out with me if you want to. I'll still love you anyway. Our methods are not working. Our conforming is not working. Our approach is not life-giving, but it is overflowing with the aroma of death. Please don't tell me this morning you're concerned when you haven't given yourself to prayer. Please don't tell me you want to move of God when you're absent from the sanctuary. God, help us to come back into relationship with the Father. I got to tell you, you got to hear my heart. Our religious schedule is not delivering, it's not saving, but it is causing greater death in our nation this morning. If we ever want to be identified as essential again, we are going to have to change the course that we're currently on. God, help us this morning to come back to a place where we fall in love with Jesus again. You see, if we're going to be essential this morning, we're going to have to make a decision to wake up and stand up and speak up and refuse to back up and decide to be the church, uh, not of a dead God, but of the living God. Every generation has been in danger of becoming unessential. And the way we guard against it is when we come back and look at history and see what they did and then say, we're not going to do what they did. Notice with me. The first thing that we're going to have to do in America today and around the globe for that matter is we must realize that we must never lose our first love. Church of Ephesus was doing amazing things, but they was doing it out of a sense of duty instead of out of a sense of passion. Please hear me. They fell out of love with Christ and his teaching. For us to fall in love with this again is the starting point of changing our world. Secondly, this morning that I want to give you is this. We must never compromise our foundation. Our foundation, please hear me, it isn't legalism. 
You've been led to believe that anything that has instructions to it or qualifications to it is legalism. It's not. It's a standard, and it's a standard called holiness. And if you're compromising your standard of holiness, then you're compromising your life, and you're on your way to hell instead of heaven. Please hear this preacher this morning. The enemy wants you to think all is acceptable, but I come to tell you that he came and died so that you and I could live. We must refuse to give ear to false prophecy that leads us to idolatry and immortality. Hear me. Immorality is something that is running rampant in our presence, not occasionally, but continually. We must remain spiritually alive this morning. And that's why Paul, in his final writings, took time to put a little phrase when he was writing to Timothy and he said, Timothy, there's going to be days of opposition. There's going to be days of hardship. There's going to be days when you're overwhelmed and overpowered by many things. But notice this, Timothy, I'm not always going to be there, but there's one thing you can do. You can reach down and stir it up. Amen. Amen. You hear this preacher this morning. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you. You just need to lay hands on yourself and stir up the gift that's inside of you because the God that's in you is more than enough to get you out of the thing that you need delivered from today. But the question is, will you? The question is, do we have a desire to? But then we must not give place to lukewarmness. Hear me this morning. We're in a place right now where we must walk with passion, vision, as well as fresh anointing. That means we must make a decision to go, no matter the climate or the culture. Meaning, once again, it is not the responsibility of anyone else except for the church to go to our streets, to go to our schools, to go to our governments. It means that we go back to the hurting, we go back to the broken, we go back to the hungry, we go back to the addicted, we go back to the outcast, we go back to the hopeless, we go back to the diseased, and we go back to the forgotten. Can I tell you, you can't do that in an hour and a half on Sunday morning. But we're in a place this morning where we must understand the urgency of the call. And I pray that you can hear the urgency of the call in the writing that Joshua gave to Israel when he simply said in chapter 24, he says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. What he was simply saying is this, you got to get this thing where you understand it's first and foremost in your life. And he said, you got to choose to do this thing. He says, I don't know what you're going to decide to do, but I know that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I ask you just a couple of questions this morning? What about the widow? What about the orphan? What about your family? Man of God, please hear me. I don't have a big message this morning. Just two words. Wake up. Woman of God this morning, I don't have a big message for you. Just two words. Wake up. While we're sitting in a place of apathy, 
diagnosing everything that we see wrong in the church. Can I tell you, the things we see wrong in the church could be remedied if we'd wake up and be the church. Let us never forget the following, and I'm going to close in just a moment. Let us never forget the following. James chapter 1, 22 through 27. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Notice this. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I got to ask this question this morning. Why is it you want to act like the world, talk like the world, and be like the world and still have Jesus? It's completely contrary to the instructions of the word of God. The word of the Lord says, come out from among you and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and then I will receive you unto myself. I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and my daughters. Can I tell you, there is conditions to this thing. I'm not trying to put you under the bonds of traditions of men or legalism, but I am calling you to a place of holiness. When you live holy, you'll walk in power. You'll walk in strength. You'll walk in blessings. Can I tell you today, that's why the enemy doesn't want you to walk there. Because when you're blessed, he has a hard time defeating you, and he has a hard time taking your ear and bending it. Please hear me. James chapter 2, verse number 14 and the following. What does it profit? My brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them, not those things which are needful to the body, how does it profit them? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, been alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, but get this, the devil's got one over on us today in America. He trembles. I'll just leave that right there for another day. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's not enough to say, I believe. Can I tell you, you could sit here today and say, well, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe we need to be doing. I believe we need to be part. I believe we need to be this. And I believe we need to be that. And you say, well, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Well, that's wonderful. The devil believes that. But do you realize that if you don't ever put anything with that belief, you're never saved? Romans 10 and 9, you might want to visit it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus was raised from, thou shalt be saved. If thou confess, can I tell you, it takes something. And I got to tell you something. 
If you have faith, it takes something. I'm not talking about works-based. I understand we're saved by grace, but i got to also tell you, you can say, oh, yeah, we're the church, we're the church, we're the church. Uh, But listen, you're not essential if all you're doing is saying, I'm the church, I'm the church. Uh, But when we get to a place where we become the hands of God and the feet of God, we become necessary again. Please hear me, James chapter four, verse number seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. But notice the one that gets us is the very last one. Verse number 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. You and I, we know Many of you have been raised in this thing. Many of you you had a drug problem when you was five years old. You was drugged to church on Sunday, drugged to church on Saturday, drugged to church on Wednesday. You was drugged to revival meeting for three weeks in a row. Listen, uh, you know. But in the year 2022, uh, you want to sit and you just want to be pampered. Uh, You just want to sit and be comfortable. You just want to sit and come in next Sunday morning. Uh, Listen, uh, you got to understand, I'm I'm not mean this morning, uh, but I'm telling you uh, what the world is labeling us at. This is one thing they've got right. Uh, The church in America is unessential in the condition that it's in. We got to repent. I I need to inform you that people are spiritually sick Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as well. But we're closed for business. A call to repentance was given to Israel time and time again. They would repent They would fall back. They would repent. They would fall back. They would repent and fall back. We repent on Sunday and we fall back on Tuesday. We repent on Sunday. We fall back on Wednesday. We repent. We get really repentant. And then we wait till Thursday the next week. Uh, But listen, uh, we're not accomplishing anything because we are so occupied with self. I, I, I. But I have to remind you what Elisha said. The Lord said it won't be easy, but I'll be with you. Unless you pick up your cross daily and follow me, you are not, what's he say? Anybody know? You are not what? Oh, Lord, you better read your Bible. You are not worthy of me. Hear me. There's a world dying and going to hell today while we sit in the comforts. And we've been rocked to sleep by the cares of this life. And then we have enough audacity to get angry for a moment when the world says you're not essential any longer. 
But I have to ask the question as they come to the music this morning. How many widows have you visited? How many orphans have we brought into our homes? How many have we clothed? How many have we fed? How many have we been the arm that they could lean on in the last 30 days of our life? Or has the last 30 days of our life just been going from this event and this event and that event and this responsibility and that responsibility and then we have to rush over here and then we have to get Susie there and Johnny here and we don't know how we're going to get Fred there because it's at the same time Susie is there and, and, and our lives are just spinning, spinning, spinning and the enemy says, I got you right where I want you because when you're spinning out of control, you're not essential. I cannot express to you enough this morning how important it is for you and I to not be part of the church world, but to become the church of the living God in the year 2022. You see, I could take you to the South Sudan and I could show you children and adults alike that is so malnourished that their rib cages are showing and their stomachs are puffing out because of bacteria and disease. And you say, oh, that's horrible. I don't want to see that. But can I tell you right here in Connorsville, Indiana, if you could just catch a glimpse of the spiritual condition of everybody you're passing every day, they are in the same condition. And if somebody doesn't reach them, hear this preacher they're going to spend eternity in hell I see well bodied men and women not a care in the world when it comes to the things of God I sat in the living room of my father yesterday that's 95 years old have a hard time breathing sitting there with a burning passion just to preach one more time God forgive us Kind of feel like the airs went out of the room. I can't help it this morning. You can ignore what I say, and you can continue in your religious activities, and you will continue to call me and tell me that your children and your grandchildren. No longer have a desire and a passion for the things of God. Or you can decide to be the church. And you can repent. And you become essential again. 
And your children and grandchildren will be dancing in the altar with the others like they were this morning. One of the greatest travesties that you will read after the death of Joshua, after the death of the priest of Joshua, the leaders, there arose a generation that did not know God nor the things that God did. We're quickly repeating history. We are being bombarded every day of our life to change our perspective. And you're going to begin to be bombarded even more so. That which is labeled as conservative in our nation has now become so ungodly that they're embracing the things of the radical of our nation and the nations of the world. They just rebranded it in a softer manner to make it more easier for you to digest. Please hear me. The church. The church has lost its way. And there has to be a call of to repent and to come home. And this morning, you say, Pastor, is it really that important? If we don't get it right, can I tell you, when these numbers come out in April of 2023, it will not be 100,306. It'll be 123,306 because it'll be another 20% increase. If we don't get it right, it won't be every 11 minutes that someone takes their life, but it's going to be every five minutes. It's not going to be every 26 seconds. Another family's tore to shreds. It's going to be every six seconds. So when is enough enough, my friend? When is it that we're going to begin to see and feel like Christ sees and feels? I pray it's today. I pray it's in the present. Because can I tell you, the present is all we have. I can't go back and change yesterday and I have no promise of tomorrow. All I have is right now. And right now, right now there's somebody beyond these walls that needs to see the church. Not religion. They need to see the church who Christ is the head of who you and I are the members of. And they don't just need to see the church, but they need to feel the touch of the church. How do they do that? By you loving them right where they are. Not condemning them, but loving them. In the midst of their flaws, in the midst of their imperfection, 
in the midst of the smell and the snitch of sin in this world. They need the church. As we stand all over the building this morning, Let us awake to righteousness. Let us awake to the commission of God. Let us completely surrender and say, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. Hey everybody, it's Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching. I hope that this message challenged and changed your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask that you continue following us and watching us weekly. And if you want to follow us on any social media platform, you'll find the link to all those platforms in the description below. We love you. So does God. Have a great day.